All right, welcome to another episode of the Parent Pivot Podcast. I am your co-host, Steve Cummings, along with my wife, Julia. Hello. Hey, um, we have something special today going on in the podcast, Woo-hoo. and uh, we traveled across country just to interview a special person. I'm going to let you introduce him. Okay. We are in Reno, Nevada, and we are with our second born, who is a special man, and his name is Cam- he goes by Campbell. His full name is Garrison Campbell. Uh, he currently kind of goes by G or Garrison sometimes. I just call him Stud because he's a lot bigger than me, and uh, he's yeah. just a stud. He is a stud. He's you know six two and you know a big guy, and he's ripped. And he's right. <laughs> anyway, he is our second oldest, and Campbell brings a lot of levity to our family. He's fun and funny and um, makes us laugh. So, Campbell, hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is your guys' favorite child speaking. <laughs> it's funny how we have that in text group with all four kids. <laughs> yeah, I think, ja- I think Jamie Lynn said that in the podcast with... Um, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes, they all think that they're their favorite, or that that they are our favorite. Well, when we're individually with them, they are. Yeah. Well, just to let you know, I was the one that started it, so technically <laughs> I'm the favorite of the favorites. I gotcha. So okay. I have that title. There you go. We have four amazing adult children. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, we do. Um, so, Campbell lives in Reno, Nevada with his wife, Ashley. They have been married almost three years uh, in May, it will be three years. So they were married in the height. They of the were the pandemic. first of the three weddings during the pandemic. We yes. went May, August, October, and they started it off. Yeah. So. See, another favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> they were supposed to get married in June of 2020, and they saw the writing on the wall, and they were in California, and everything was tightly shut down in California. And so we ended up having a wedding about a month and a half early in a condo in Solana Beach. It was lovely and a very special day. Very small with the family, but it was cool and unique. And um, so, uh, Campbell, tell us what you do, who you are, and you can tell them about your other little special friend. Okay, so I have another (laughs) little special friend. He's a little furry and he's a little small. He's about 14 pounds. Nothing but excitement, intelligent energy. His name is Titan. Um, but he's about four months old. He's born in November. Is he a cat? He's not a cat. Oh, I didn't mention he's a dog. <laughs> I apologize. I would never have a cat in my life, ever. Maybe a bird, but not a cat. Um, I work at Costco here in Reno. Um, I am one of the cashiers there, and I am currently going to school for a nutrition degree so I can hopefully be a dietitian. Um, My whole life I've been in the personal training industry where I have trained a bunch of people in many different forms and aspects and strategies um, and got my certifications in NASA's and everything. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and I love my wife. (laughs) That's good. And Jesus. (laughs) Good. Um, and Campbell, what type of dog is it? You didn't ever say. Oh, that's right. Type. He's a mini Austrian Shepherd. Yeah. He's got big old blue eyes, kind of like the ocean. Beautiful, beautiful blue eyes. He's amazing. If you want to know more about him, I could send a picture. <laughs> so Campbell, uh, 
has had a unique life um, in many senses. Growing up, he had some processing issues, and so um, school was difficult for him. And um, as a result, he didn't go to college and is now pursuing that, which is pretty cool. So um, the reason why I bring that up is as parents, we often have a trajectory for our kids. And more often than not, parents are thinking, okay, my kid is going to go to college, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, and blah, 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 blah. And it's so important to be able to look at each of your children uniquely and to know that what they choose as an adult is good for them. So when Campbell reached 18, we knew that he probably wasn't going to want to continue school. High school had been tough, and um, and so... At the same time, I'm just going to pause and interrupt. He's yeah. the hardest working person. Even, oh, my gosh. I mean, I mean, he would come home from baseball practice and do his homework, and it may have taken him twice as long as the average person, but he has a persevering spirit about him. He yeah. got it done, and, and he, is, he is sharp, and he's witty, and he's fun to be around, and he is smart, but at the time, it just felt like where the high school standards were, they always want to put you on the AP track, and you got to go to college and whatever. That wasn't him. God has uniquely wired him to do something different, but this guy works harder than, and, and all of our kids do, but he really proved it during those high school years. Yeah, yeah. Put in the extra time always. Yeah. So, um, but I just want to talk about a little bit about that period of time, Campbell, and uh, how that was for you being an 18-year-old and trying to figure out what your next move was. Um, It was very difficult because I was, like all my friends went off to college, and it's kind of like the people that graduate college, and they're like, now what do I do? So I just had it four years earlier because all my friends went to college, and you know, you're still friends, but you kind of like lose that friendship a little bit and you have to develop more like community and everything like that. So, uh, I definitely felt lost for sure. Um, I didn't have a purpose to wake up to. I remember just being so, um, upset one day and just walking out in the rain and just, you know, it's basically like what a movie would be like, Oh, this guy's depressed and sad. He's walking in the rain. Um, so I walked away and stuff and, um, it was just, I just remember it just being difficult because you're just lost and you're just trying to look for that next thing. And you guys were encouraging me to like go get a job. And I interviewed at LA Fitness, um, didn't like them at all. And then we had an end to Nordstrom and they originally, I think they weren't going to hire me. And then Becca Atkinson stepped in and said like, hey, we want to hire you and we want to keep you on. And so uh, I became an asset there. Mm-hmm. and everything and so I was able to stay there for a while and you know still have maintain friendships as often as I can and stuff um, but eventually the retail got to me and I started <laughs> to you know bottom out and everything but yeah. I think during that time it's more of finding yourself in the world and realizing that like you see more of the toiling process of what the Lord was actually talking about because in high school, it's like you see your friends every day. You have a purpose to do school every day. You have baseball, and then you come home and you have family and everything. But then, like, college isn't there, and so now you're kind of twiddling your thumbs. You know, your friends are at college. You don't have that friendships. Uh, you don't have baseball right now, 
and then like your parents are either like gone at work siblings gone at college or work and stuff and so now you're really struggling to like fill that time and everything so it kind of like hits like a boulder pretty hard yeah yeah it's not the easiest any transition age is a different difficult age so even your friends who ended up graduating and came home from college that became probably a more difficult time for them when they were done because it's becomes what am I going to do next yeah Um, actually actually just had somebody who graduated college and contacted her and said hey I know we haven't spoken in a couple of years, but I just thought of you and I know you offer great, you know, godly advice and I'm just really struggling after college. Like I don't have a job. Mm-hmm. I don't have friends and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Like, yeah. And that piece of finding community is, is really difficult. I want to ask you though. So, uh, as you moved from that, like even, and you, you know, you spent a year at Nordstrom, but then you moved into some different things So what were the things that brought you life and kind of reset what direction you were going to go in? Do you, do you remember, like I'm remembering coaching, you know, stuff like that. Um, things that brought me life during that time, I'd probably say just waking up and going to work, Mm -hmm. um, that brought me a little bit of life, but then also just saying hi to people like what I do here at Costco and stuff it reminds me of Nordstrom because it's just like you know regardless if the person will say hi the coworker will say hi back or not it'll probably take like 10 15 20 times to, for them to finally say hi don't even mention your name but hi and so you know just saying hi to people and smiling and stuff that brought me a lot of life just that being at Nordstrom and doing that even though I hated retail <laughs> and here I am back in retail um, but that brought me a lot of life and then um, yeah, I think just obviously like being around family because we still all lived with each other at the time, mm-hmm. um, that brought me a lot of life as well. Um, and then just working out at the gym and stuff. Oh, and that was another thing after college or after high school, I remember when I was 18 to fill my time and guys never do this ever <laughs> to fill my time. I'd be at the gym for nine hours and it just ruined my body because mm. obviously you have to be able to eat and sleep and recover all pretty well. And I wasn't doing any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, that was to fill that, but I'd Kimble's, say that was probably something that brought me life. Speaking of that, Kimball's always been our all in kind of guy. <laughs> so if he bought a box of granola bars and there was uh, 16 of them in there and he had one and these would be very maybe high in fiber let's say granola bars oh, yeah. Campbell goes oh that tastes good he would eat the whole box <laughs> and then whatever happened afterwards happened afterwards and he would go oh my stomach and so we'd say well you don't have to eat all of them and someone just spending nine hours in a gym yeah. exactly yeah. I've learned the hard way guys it's not entirely fun yeah so after that period of time though tell us a bit about like um, how you decided that becoming a personal trainer would be a good thing for you? Um, it kind of started because I, you know, I've had so many surgeries and injuries and, you know, other things going on. And I remember having a wrist problem in high school, my sophomore year. And my dad said, hey, try Shackley. Guys, Shackley sucks. <laughs> Tastes terrible. Time out. It worked well for me. Might not work well for everybody else. It works because it's nutrition, but at the same time, it's terrible. Anyway, finish the story. Anyways, so 
my recovery was supposed to be six months. It turned into three because I was on a nutrition plan and everything. And so from that point started the process of, oh my gosh, there's something in this. And it kind of like dropped a seed in me where it's like, uh, let's get involved into fitness and nutrition and everything. So after high school, I got more into, you know, training and more into nutrition and looking at things more closely and understanding the grams and, you know, the macronutrients, micronutrients, whatever. Um, and so through that, uh, I just grew a great passion for helping people because it now got to a point where I knew I had a gift of being em empathetic towards people mm -hmm. um, and understand where they're coming from and being my, putting myself in their shoes. And, but this got to a whole different level where it's more on the physical uh, level where it can also connect to the emotional level as well um, to where I can not only meet them on the emotional level with the gifts God's given me but also on the physical level where I can actually help them with their physical body so it's more of like a holistic um, point of view where you know God just kind of knew what he was doing he's like hey you're going to do this mm. and um, so through that I just kind of like started doing my work and you know certifications and that brought me to YWAM um, that was, that's a whole different story. Um, but I got a certification with that. And then from that, it just got into coaching where it's just more of like a life coach with a nutrition coach, with a personal trainer, with an emotional health coach and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had quite the little trajectory there. And so now here we are and we're finally thinking about college. So... Am We're I in the present day? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. And how but, old are you? <laughs> I am 31, guys. And my point being, for the parents out there, the trajectory as parents that we have for yeah. our kids is often not the trajectory that our kids have. It may not be the trajectory that God has right. for We our love kids. them and we have a wonderful plan for their lives. Yes. And that's what we have to let go of. Let yes. them figure out what their plan is yes. and God's telling them. So... Of course, I would have loved for all of my kids to graduate high school and go off to college. Um, but that didn't happen for all of my kids. And uh, Campbell now is working on this degree. I have another child that has a year and a half left and hasn't finished. Which, of course, as the parent, it's driving me crazy. I would love for him to do that. But... Um, he needs Again, to decide that and figure that out on his own. Yes, and, and so we're he's you doing know, that. He's got is, some things going on, and yeah. whether a degree plays into the future or not is up to him. Yes, and if he decides it is, we're there to help alongside. Yes, but um, we ultimately want our kids to figure out how God's wired them, what they're what they're to do as their toil in this world, and and as Campbell um, realized for him, it's like, hey, I really enjoy this. Now that he's thirty one, married for almost three years. He's working at Costco to provide, and at the same time, it's like, you know what? I'm ready to finish school. I want to get that degree and work on other stuff, and and there is no time frame. What I get frustrated about is, as believers, mm -hmm. we buy into this American dream sometimes a little bit too much, you know, that everybody has to finish high school, go to college, get married, have kids, you know, retire, and, and then wait and die, and I'm... And, and, <laughs> And we have we have backed off of that and and said you know what um, you you guys go take a year off, uh, go away to Bible school. We let each of our four kids go do that. Figure out who you are, how God's wired you, and if you need college, we're there for you. And if you don't, that's fine too. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, and we've never mentioned this, I don't think, that all of our kids took a gap year. Um, oh, we did, didn't we? You did. We I didn't realize that. This is where the yeah. YWAM came in, and, and your yeah. your siblings went off to uh, do... Uh, it's, well, they went to Towernoff, Towernoff and, and Timberline. What's the umbrella? Oh my gosh, how come we can't... I'll think of it and come back and tell you. <laughs> the Torchbearers? There we go. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I hope that's the word. Torchbearers. Torchbearers Bible School. Bible yes, we, yes. We sent them away and said, go figure out who the God of the universe is. Learn how to build Christian community. Yeah. And know, know when tr- good truth is being taught and when false truth is being taught. Yeah. And they all came back with a deeper understanding and deeper commitment to God. Yeah. And when we talked to Wesley, we should have talked about the going and working on mercy ships yep we didn't do that yeah part two for the oldest yeah, child part two. coming back at some <laughs> well, point we'll talk about those things some anyway other time, but yeah so this is what happens we get off track as we're talking and interviewing but we yeah. roll in real time so one of the things with campbell i just want to say it the part of campbell that is so fun is um he's just funny and I wanted to tell this story because it's funny, and I think oh it will make our... Okay, there's a lot of funny stories about Campbell, so I can't wait I know. to hear where well, you're going. Well, I ahead. just want to tell this... Is it this... eczema? No. <laughs> no, it's none of your Campbellisms. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the one about the lady when you and Jack... Oh, no. ...pick the lady up. <laughs> okay. Oh, but there's a, there's a purpose to this, so go okay. ahead. So go ahead and tell the story if you can. Okay. Tell so a, tell a, a summary version. A summary version? Yes, not a detailed version. Okay. So Jack and I would go down to our church and we would go into the gym and shoot basketball and everything, like horse or whatever. And as we're trying to get in, because uh, one of the doors was locked, a lady's walking by with her grocery bags and she said, Hi. <laughs> Just reliving it. <laughs> she said, hi, guys. How are you guys doing? We're like, good. Um, and she said, "I'm. these bags are really heavy, and I need to get to get them to my house. Can you guys help me? And I remember looking at Jack and thinking, we're not supposed to talk to strangers. <laughs> tell, and, tell, tell them how old you were at the time. Uh, we were 23, 24. I was, I was 23, 24. Jack was like 18 or something. Yeah. And... Um, I think at that age it's okay to talk. And to mind strangers. you, mind you, they're on the church campus, and that's okay. So it's, it's how you process the event. Go ahead. But then I look at Jack. I'm like, we're a lot bigger than her, and there's two against one. So I think we take her. I think it's okay to talk to her. So she, we said, yeah, we can help you. And she's like, great. These bags are really heavy. And we're like, okay. Hint, like, hint, 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 hint. Exactly. So we're like, we're parked over here. She's like, how far is it? I'm like, like maybe like a hundred feet. So we walk over to our car and she says probably two more times, yeah, these bags are really heavy. And we're like, and I look at her and I'm like, yeah, they look pretty heavy. <laughs> and so we get in the car and we drive to her place and drop her off. And she says, thank you guys so much for like, you know, helping me out with this. And we're like, you're more than welcome. And she's like, these bags are just so heavy. And so then she had to walk up her stairs and up to her apartment complex and we're like, well, you should come to church sometime and like, you know, we have a great church and, you know, my name's Campbell and this is Jackson and everything like that. And um, she's like, well, thank you so much. Have a great day. So we drive off and me and Jack are just looking at each other, just glowing because we're just like, look what we did. Look what we just did. And Jack's like, 
Cam, we are such good people. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. I can't wait to tell mom and dad like what great kids they raised. So we head home and first thing we do is just tell my mom exactly what happened. And as we're telling her the story, she's like, oh my gosh, you guys help her with the groceries? And we look at each other and we're like, wait, we haven't finished the story yet. And so as we keep telling, she's like, did you guys help her with her groceries? And we're like, uh, no. She's like, oh my gosh, why did you help her with her groceries? Uh, because we're trying to get her to, wait, you're missing the point of the story. Yeah. Yeah, We are doing a great deed for this poor lady with her groceries and we brought her to her place. Aren't you proud of us? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't help her with her groceries. I am so ashamed to be your mother right now. I raised children better than this. And I'm like, well, Jack, it's Jack, why fault. did you say something? <laughs> and I remember, Mom, you telling Jack, and you're like, Jack, I actually blame you a little bit more because you're more aware than Cam is. <laughs> Cam, I know you have ADD and like you don't get the hints and stuff. Was she was she hinting towards anything, saying anything about her groceries? I'm like, well, now now that you say that, now that I think about it, she was saying that her groceries are heavy multiple <laughs> times, and you didn't help her that. Dawn on you to help her? No, because I was just focused on, we're not supposed to help strangers, and I <laughs> wanted to help a stranger. So. It's always good to help strangers. Yeah. <laughs> your point Your point in bringing up the story? No, my. so my point is, it's just funny, number one. It's a great family lore story. Um, it's just funny. But other than that, too, it just, you know, you raise your kids... And yes, I told them not to talk to strangers when they were young, but they're now adults. It's okay. We didn't know there was an age limit or a height limit. <laughs> and and the the just the irony of how proud they were of themselves to do this good deed, and at the same time completely miss the fact that this woman had heavy groceries that wanted to. Anyway, it's just funny. We raise our kids with things in mind, and then. We, you know, there we, are we hope they happen. catch on. They they hear they, they hear on. that they hear and they did they did a great deed. That's a big uh, hope. Um, yes, <laughs> and we love them for that. And it's just it's a funny story to go. Okay, well, sometimes what we think we've communicated doesn't necessarily always sink in yes. all the way. But that's okay. Yes. yes, we liked common sense at the time. I can look back and definitely say that for sure. Yeah, but she was like somewhere in her sixties. So I'm like, you know, in my defense, I'm like. Maybe she needed the exercise or something. I don't know. But I'll cut her short and give her a ride to her place. And, you know, maybe being the nutritious training coach that you were going to be, you're thinking she needs to work out those biceps. Exactly. That's probably what I was thinking at the time. Oh, you guys. Okay. I'm getting a glimpse of my funny family. Um, So back to the whole, like, college thing. So one of the things that I wanted to bring up about Campbell, too, is um, when it comes to this whole schooling thing, because he had this processing issue, uh, one of the things that I had to tell him over and over again, I would say, and I hope you remember this, is that when you are about 26 years old, all those synapses in your brain are going to start working better and you will be able to start processing better. You was, didn't miss the hints about carrying the grocery yeah, bags. Yeah, <laughs> he was too young still then. Would you say? Developing. Would you say that that was accurate for you? Yeah, I could see that I started to think more clearly as to 
uh, what words were and what they meant and what people were trying to say to me and everything. I mean, when I look back on that Great Gatsby essay, <laughs> I think uh, I've grown up so much since then. Yeah. So funny story. Does, I, I'm not going to go that, that much into this. We but could when be here he all day in, telling stories about Cam. Yes, when when Cam was in high school, he write, had to write a, an essay about Great Gabs, Gatsby, and it was at the high school. It probably still gets here, you know. What not to do? All, I think to, the, to this day, later. every high school student's heard that after. He's graduated, what, high school 10 years ago? Yeah. And if you walked over to his high school, they go, you're that guy that wrote that Gatsby essay? <laughs> yeah. So I... Um, and, you know, again, it was he, his brain did not work to be able to form the sentences and thoughts and the critical thinking that was required at that age. And the symbolism to put it together. And the symbolism and all of that. So the, the irony is you became a great writer as you've gotten older. And Campbell can verbalize things and write things mm-hmm. so incredibly well. Yes. Um, and that speaks volumes of just the importance of allowing um, adult children who might have a processing disorder or something else go on or ADD or, you know, all those kinds of things that as they do get older, don't give up on the way God still uniquely created them. Don't assume that they can't do something. Right. We've talked before right. about um, making sure your your adult kids know that they're capable. Right. And I think that that is just a really important message. And that's one of the things with Campbell that I think is important was his move from feeling incapable with school and with, um, you know, verbalizing things and things like that into being an incredible, uh, have an incredible ability to do that. I could, if I could say it this way to parents of adult children, I, I think we need to make sure we don't put our kids in a box. Yes. That they have to check this box because this is the way the boxes are lined up and you have to go. And the other piece is to just be patient. God moves at three miles an hour. That's how fast Jesus walked. He, he didn't go fast. I mean, school doesn't get done in four years anymore. It's super expensive. And now we're even questioning, is it even a, a valuable thing to have? And you could you know, argue that all day. That's not why we're here. But what I'm saying is we're all created unique. We all have unique stories. We all have different trajectories. Campbell's figuring himself out. We've given him the space to do that. And he is a, an incredible husband, incredible son a hard worker and he's he's on his trajectory he's going yep definitely yeah well i appreciate the encouragement guys uh so all that to say too campbell tell us um i have so many thoughts right now that we're talking about <laughs> and i just want to say it so i'm waiting for questions okay go okay what so, do you want to say well one of the things that like i look back on in my life is all the times that people that i met like hey i'm campbell and like oh where are you going to school like when i was at nordstrom and didn't matter who you were they would always say like oh like i'm like i'm not in school right now oh you better get on it it's very important and stuff and so like all those small little comments start to become like little teas Mm. Um, because you start to hear a lie where it's like you're not important unless you go to school 
Um, and then hearing even people that I love so dearly um, that I look up to as like a mentor, as a role model and stuff, them telling me no father is going to give over his daughter to somebody who has a part-time job, is working at, you know, a plate like stretch lab, like I work at stretch lab or something like that, or making $14 an hour, $11 an hour, whatever you want to call it. No father is going to give over their daughter. And unfortunately for me, I dated somebody who should have, uh, it was a mentorship. Um, it should have been, I should have, you know, call it quits within less than a month. Um, but I pursued it and kept proving myself for eight months and the parents, uh, just didn't have faith um, mm. in people. They had faith in money. And so for eight months, uh, didn't matter what I did, any accomplishments, any awards, whatever, I got judged for what I had rather than who I was. Um, so mm. that didn't end up well at all. Um, but the thing that I, I really enjoyed about my parents was, we don't care where you guys are going or what college you go to. We just want you to find your calling in the Lord. And that really... Like 10 years later after high school, like, you know, all those times like cried, like everyone's going to college and they're saying all this kind of stuff. Like you need to do this and you do that and stuff. And you're like, I don't care. Just graduate after that. Just find your calling. That's what we want you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what separated you guys from everybody else, from all the people that I looked, look, looked up to for role modeling, for mentoring, for all that kind of stuff. And just no one came close to, hey, I want to talk to you about this because they're beliefs and principles and morals were slightly different than what your guys's were and i'm like i don't like that that's not living wholeheartedly in the lord and then even as i sit here and i'm married i have a dog i have i'm renting a house i have a part-time job and i'm going to school and everything i look back and my regret tells me why didn't you go to school you know those years and stuff so this would be easier so you'd be able to afford for your wife, be the breadwinner, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's what everyone told me my entire life was, mm-hmm. you got to do that because of this. And I look at that, I'm like, but that wasn't, that wasn't God's plan for me. Mm-hmm. That was just not it. I wasn't there yet. Um, I felt hopeless when I did go to school because I took fire tech classes because I thought I was going to be a firefighter. And then obviously injuries happened. Um, but it wasn't God's, it wasn't God's plan for me to go at that time. And so now that I have a family that I want to provide for, I want to protect, I want to do everything for, uh, now it's like, I, I'm willing to take, I love you guys so much that I'm willing to take on this trauma that I lived through for four years where every day was just a grind and it seemed like no fruit came from that uh, for those four years and so I love you guys so much that I'm willing to go back and try and make this all happen and work because I just want to be you know everything to you guys I want to show you guys Jesus I want to provide I want to be like what Jesus would be to you guys and so what I've looked through the the years and stuff you know people say like yeah it's wisdom like they've been through those times before where like Go through college now because then you'll have a family and you have a wife and things will be hard and maybe you won't be able to go to school and you'll struggle financially yeah it's a possibility but at the same time god will provide you know with all that it mm-hmm. might be a struggle at the same time the times that they told me i look back i'm like that actually wasn't wisdom you were actually speaking out of the 
wound or the voice of regret of Mm. what you should have or wanted to do and you wish you could have done. And so you're stepping outside of what actually God's plan was for your life. And you're saying this would have been better. God didn't know what he was doing. And I have those voices because obviously, you know, Satan prowls around like a lion and stuff. Um, I have those voices that come and go every now and again where it should have been this. I'm like, no, I wasn't ready. There was Mm -hmm. nothing I had hope or looking forward to, to doing something like that because I know I would have been struggling and I'm like, what's the point? And I remember talking to one guy and saying, when you're married, like, this is just what you do. Like, you have to do it. And I'm like, that doesn't help me at all. (laughs) And so there wasn't like a lot of like understanding of why you would just do any job just for a family and stuff. I'm like, I, I need some hope. I need a light. I need some life in my job as well. And so now as I'm like kind of like married and having this life or whatever, it's like now I could look back and tell somebody, tell my younger self or tell somebody else, you get to a point where you get so in love with Jesus that you look at your family, you're like, I love you so much. I will do anything for you. And you will sweat blood and tears or cry tears, sweat blood, whatever you want to call the whole thing. I always get the gist of (laughs) that you're willing to go back into the trauma of what you lived through. And I just call it trauma because that's what it was for me those four years. Um, And you go back into it and say like, God is bigger than this. And I'm willing to go back in there because I want, I have courage because I have love for you guys. Wow. That's our sermon for the day. That's awesome. He's deep. He's he's a deep man. He gets it from his mother. <laughs> yeah, in case we didn't say that, Campbell is probably the most like me in the emotional aspect, emotional makeup aspect of things. Um, so I love everything that you had to say. I want to ask you, because you talked about this other person that you dated, I want to ask you what is so great about Ashley your wife which by the way I just gotta say like Steve and I adore Ashley well and we've said this before in the podcast all of our kids have chosen well and we only have to call them our in-laws because that's how we have to describe them to people but we tell people we have eight kids and they're like oh wow that's like well four of them have our DNA but they they are Ashley it feels is my daughter and she's amazing um and things so yeah so tell us what made Ashley different, Campbell. Well, she's a woman among <laughs> girls. She's super hot and gorgeous. Okay, done with that. Um, when I was getting to know Ashley, what set me, what set her aside from everybody else was the fact she was intentional. Uh, you could tell she was confident. You could tell she uh, radiated joy. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a light to her. Um, I mean, I'm just kind of like just reliving my first moment with her in the coffee shop, even though we met two days before that she doesn't remember, (laughs) but whatever. Um, but just like being there and just how well she communicated and you could tell she loved people. Um, and as I got to know her through human like and everything, we developed a friendship because she, uh, had a thing with somebody else. Um, Uh, but as we developed a friendship, I realized that one of the things that was very near and dear to me was someone who would listen to me and ask me questions. Like, that's how I feel loved. And 
I just remember we had to get coffee one time and she would ask me questions and then something would happen, you know, with the coffee or somebody else coming. And then she would actually come back and say like, sorry, you were saying this. And I remember talking to her because we never, it was always those times where it's like, we never had, we feel like we could talk for days and days, but we never had time to do that because of the situation. So it's like guys like, Hey, that's going to be for later. For now, <laughs> you guys are going to get little tidbits of yourself and everything. And I remember like getting teary-eyed because I said, I just appreciate how well you ask questions. And even if you get distracted, you come back and you remember that about the person. And that that's what I loved the most about Ashley. But then obviously as I grew closer to her I realized how much she loved the Lord Mm. um, the most and stuff and um, she had quiet time every single morning and I just can't do that every morning (laughs) I have mine in the afternoon or you know midday or whatever but uh, she's she's organized I love how she organized I loved how she leads and loves communication where it's like I need to know what's going on (laughs) the scheduling I love that uh she just she bounces me out so well and um just I I just I just gotta say like just how much she loves the Lord because I remember we were on a uh paddle board with all the other resident directors and stuff at Hume Lake at Hume Lake um sorry this is back in 2018 at Hume Lake and we were talking about how you feel loved and I said I feel loved when you love Jesus, mm-hmm. um, when the person that's next to me loves Jesus. And she came up to me the next day, and she had a thing with this guy and everything like that. And <laughs> obviously, my jealousy is growing at the time. And she comes up to me and says, Campbell, I, what you said last night on the paddleboard just rung out to me. Uh, I feel loved when you love Jesus. Like, that is so true. I love that so much. I'm going to take that, you know, and use it for the rest of my life. And she leaves. And I, my first thought is, this is why you should be with me and not him. <laughs> and God, God worked it out. And God worked it out. How much longer did she go, I got to be with that guy? Uh, it took her about six months, but that's okay. Um, but, you know, through that and everything, you know, even that night, I, I, it was super cold and, you know, I dressed up in a onesie and, Andy, my good friend's looking at me. He's like, why are you in a onesie? I'm like, because it's cool, man. I'm Chewbacca <laughs> in my onesie. Sure enough, we had four other people with us. And Ashley came and she dressed up in a onesie. And I'm like, I love this girl. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just love her so much. And then like, obviously then when we were dating, uh, we were driving to a wedding and she's like, can you roll down the window? And we, I rolled down the window and... She sticks her head out the window. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason why we're laughing is because we went on a family vacation and we were driving from Holland, Michigan back to Chicago, which is like about a a three-hour drive. Mm-hmm. And Campbell and Jackson both hung their head out the window like dogs. Yes. And that's just the otters that they are. They enjoy life. And so when you saw your otter wife doing that, your future bride, I your thought was? My first thought was, I am going to marry you. I am in love. I'm not going to say, take no for an answer. (laughs) Yeah. And the great thing about Ashley too. So as Campbell was talking about his past and. Oh, one more thing I actually want to say is one thing I loved so much about Ashley that she, that a lot of people 
can't see or do is she has a very teachable heart. Mm. She's able to look at herself, process it with the Lord and see it from my point of view and understand that. And that's probably one of the top two qualities I absolutely adore about her because I know that without that quality, it's a completely different person, essentially. Yeah, that's really important, especially in marriage. I would say that's an important, important quality. Um, But as a parent, I can say too, like as Campbell was talking about his past and um, the things that people would say to you, you know, basically feeding the idea that no woman was ever going to, or no father was ever going to give up his daughter for, you know, for this reason, that reason, whatever. And Ashley completely accepts you as you are. And um, she she sees the, the, the trajectory. And so does her dad. And so, <laughs> and so does her dad. Her dad is very sweet. Um, one thing I do want to say is what's so, what was a God thing completely in the whole aspect of all my fears of I'm never going to get married. No one's going to take my hand, look into the darkness and say, you're worth it. I want to walk into that darkness with you, with you and the Lord someday. Mm -hmm. Um, With that fear, I never thought that was ever going to be possible. But with, uh, I'm going to get choked up with this. Um, With all of those fears going around, um, only the Lord could have done what he just did where Mm -hmm. I got married unemployed. Um, I was in a minor depression, so my health was, my mental health was diminishing. Um, and I didn't have a job at all. And mm-hmm. I didn't have a school education or anything like that. But there's a family that said, hey, we love you so much. We have, you have our blessing for our daughter. We trust our daughter. And, you know, now Ashley says, like, I love you so much. We'll figure this out. I will do anything. I'll even live in a cardboard box with you. Brandon, I said, would you like to live in a boat together? She said, no. (laughs) But at the same time, like only the Lord could take all those um, fears and put it in a pandemic where you're unemployed, you don't have anything, and you're probably going to be going broke soon and bless you with, hey, here's your wife. Yeah, yeah. They've been very kind, loving, accepting, and Campbell has found a, a soulmate for sure. Um, so we I, don't really have much else. No, I, but I'm just sitting there. If, if we were to have some takeaways yeah. from this time with Campbell, our yeah. stud, mm-hmm. um, what, what's what's the, the the couple bullet points that we can help uh, parents of adult children? Well, you know, one thing that that I'm thinking of is to the dads out there. I mean. Campbell had an experience, you know, he talked about this girl that he dated for a short time. When he went home to meet these, you know, they'd been dating for a week and he met these parents he and asked they asked him 401K. if oh, he had a 401k. Oh, I can't help you guys with that. Um, so day three, actually, day three of us dating, <laughs> the mother sits me down and says, do you have retirement? By the way, I'm 23 at this time. Do you have retirement? Uh, how many kids do you want? We want you to have a... Uh, job with a big company because self-health insurance is so expensive um we want you to live close to us and would you ever take my daughter skydiving granted that had nothing to do with me at all this is day three of dating her yes and you're 23 i'm 23 (laughs) and i remember just like smiling and laughing because i'm like you can't be serious you can't be serious like this is incredible and she's like this is very important and i'm like oh my gosh so it's just the fact that 
everything I did, even my Mini Cooper, I had a Mini Cooper. Yes, I am 6'2", and I had a Mini Cooper. <laughs> even my Mini Cooper, they called it a death trap. Um, so I was even judged for that card as well. And um, it didn't matter what I did. Um, yeah. It was never it was never good enough. And it just had nothing to do with me. It had all the questions they ever asked me had to do with fears and we're worried that you don't have a school education and, you know, do you want, you know, my daughter to be a stay-at-home mom and are you wanting her to work and everything? So it was just, it was really rough. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the, so, that, so that's kind of my takeaway is a little bit, uh, I mean, there are many here, but um, the thought of just parents chill out, like chill out, look the, at the character of the person yeah. that your adult, adult child is dating and it's the character that matters it's not the checkbook it's not the 401k it's not the house it's not the education it's the character it's a character that will get them through a marriage for 50 years amen amen yeah so um there are a lot of other takeaways here you know just the allowing your child to kind of grow up and you know that that don't, don't put be the, don't put in, them in a box. Don't put them in a be box. Be patient. Yeah, they're uh, gonna figure it out. Yeah, and it's okay if it, it takes a while for them to figure it out. They're, I mean, Campbell met the love of his life. Ashley met the love of her life. Um, it's all coming together, and that's their story. That's their trajectory. And as parents of adult children, we have to surrender, release them, pray for them every day, be there to answer questions, help shepherd them, and they're gonna get there. Not on our plan. But on their own plan, God's plan. So, hey, let me mention a couple ways to be in touch with us. Um, we have a Facebook page. If you go to Facebook and you will just um, do a search for Parent Pivot Podcast, we'd love for you to like, share this so other adult parents, other parents, parents of adult children <laughs> can listen to this and find it helpful. That's great. If you could subscribe to our podcast, whichever platform you're listening to, do a review for us. We'd love to get a review so that we know we're, we're doing well. But rate and review and share it with everybody else. And um, email us at parentpivotpodcast at gmail.com with any questions you have, thoughts you have, other ideas that you're needing help on, parentpivotpodcast at gmail.com. And then uh, Julie's got her own website. Medibrookcounselingga.com. And you can reach me at bringingkingdom.org and stuff. So Garrison Campbell, thank you. you can reach me here in Reno, Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on the Parent Pivot Podcast with Mom and Dad. You've been an outstanding guest, um, and we'd love having you on here. Um, anything else before we go? Nope. Nope. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode. We will see you next time on the Parent Pivot Podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye. Bye.